everyone, this is your host, Christine S., and you're listening to Fuck It, Let's Talk, the podcast that focuses on the intersection of parenting and mental health with, of course, a little bullshit in between. I'm here to create a space where people, including myself, can be their true, authentic, honest selves about topics that sometimes can be hard to talk about, or, well, just need to be talked about. Now, I'm always someone that's had a lot of trauma surrounding women, you know, and it got me thinking a lot about gender connectivity and camaraderie and, you know, thinking about my experiences and why I've struggled with women to the extent that I have. I always remember learning this thing about lobsters where when you put them in a pot of hot water... The reason you have to put a lid on with the male ones is because they will make a ladder to climb out, whereas the women, the female ones, will push each other down into the water and essentially drown each other in their attempt to get out of the water. Wolves do something somewhat similar, where when they fight for alpha, if one male decides that the other one is one, he's clearly beaten him, the fight is concluded, he will bow down and allow the other male to be the alpha. Whereas when it comes down to two females, she will not give up until the other female is dead. Now, I'm not saying that that's, you know, making a statement about women and how we are toward each other. But a bulk of my experience has been that of passive aggression and manipulation and some sort of language that I couldn't seem to learn how to speak. It always seemed that I was missing something that was involved in interacting with women that made them dislike me or made me feel a disconnect that I just simply couldn't get past. I was confused and isolated and I struggled to find meaningful relationships with women when they're meaningful to me and At a young age, I had all of these experiences with women where they bullied me or, I mean, I guess I really can't use any other word besides bully, um, when they had made me think that they were my friends. I remember this one specific story of when I was a kid, these group of girls we hung out with, they had me sit on a swing and then they would all go group up to the side and talk for a little bit before one by one they would come up to me and say something mean about one girl who was over there in the group. And by the end of it, they all came up to me and said, every mean thing we've been saying this entire time was about you. And they all began laughing. And I just remember that I went home and I was like, what the fuck just happened? And this continued to be my experience with women where I would constantly be stabbed in the back or undermined or made to feel less than in some way, shape, or another, even by my friends. Like, why don't you wear this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you look like this? Critiquing my body, critiquing the way I look, critiquing the way I dress. And it grew into a fear of women and a feeling of isolation because I don't seem to understand the language of my own gender, but then I'm also not a man, so I can't fit in with them either. Even though it seemed with them, I understood the language better. It seemed to be straightforward. What you saw was what you got. There wasn't a secret language that I wasn't understanding. 
And it made me think of a Bill Burr stand-up that I saw recently that I'm sure got some flack where essentially he was saying that if you support sports and you are a woman and you are a feminist and you say that you support women, then you should be going and filling these seats that are not being filled for these women's sports as opposed to going to, you know, like the big male football game. And I kind of, you know, agreed with that. I was like, all right, that's an excellent point. If I was into sports, I would definitely feel like I should support fellow women. And yet the Housewives franchise does amazing. And that's a show essentially where women are quite a bit of the time tearing each other apart. And as a new mother, it made me think of mothers and how much mothers judge other mothers, breastfeeding, whether or not you do helicopter parenting or you, oh God, I can't remember what it's called when attachment parenting, you know, they point their fingers and judge other women and mothers who don't do what they think should be done. And it made me start wondering why we don't stick together more and why it appears that men are more associated with camaraderie. And the examples with the lobsters and the wolves made me wonder, is this somehow instinctual? Is it somehow ingrained into us? And if so, why? Why is it that women in different species and seemingly including humans Why do we try to make sure that we fight each other to the death or we try to climb over each other as opposed to standing together and banding together like the whole thing with mothers, you know, and judging other mothers? Why aren't we all standing together and saying being a mother is fucking hard and it can be really shitty sometimes and every child is different and we all should really just be sticking together instead of pointing fingers at each other. And this is something that I'm really asking my audience and asking women, you know, are these your experiences? Is it just me and I just don't know how to fit in with my own gender? And am I a woman, you know, am I non-binary because I don't seem to feel like I fit in with any gender. I don't seem to understand the language of women. I don't feel like a man. I am in some limbo in between where I don't really know where I belong. And I know that I want to connect with women. And I know that I long for it. And I know that there are women out there that I can connect with. But I don't understand why most of my experiences have consisted of honestly, all of this negativity and in great imbalance to the positivity, which of course leads me to believe that something must inherently be wrong with me. I must somehow not have gotten the woman handbook when I came out of the womb or something. And there's this language that I just never seem to learn. And so when I do meet women who I connect with or women who I form a friendship with and can form a deep bond with, I hold on to those so dearly with all of my might and I become like this ride or die. And yet that has not been reciprocated more times than it has. It begins begging the question, is it me? How fucked up am I? What is wrong with me? How is it me? Because it must be me if I'm the common factor, right? But then I wonder, 
am I alone in this experience? Are there other women that are feeling the way that I'm feeling? And I don't want to be like I am a guy's girl or a tomboy or anything like that. I don't, I'm not talking about that shit. I don't identify with that shit. I'm not trying to compare it to like men. I'm not trying to compare myself to men besides thinking about where I might even fit in among them. I'm just saying I seem to have a more masculine personality based on societal standards and it seems to work against me when it comes to women. And I long for these connections. I really do. And I do meet women I can connect with and have managed to maintain, well, one of them. But through this podcast experience, I'm actually finding more out there and it gives me hope. It gives me hope that maybe there isn't this universal woman language that I'm missing, but just that there's other sub-languages, and I just need to find the ones who speak at the same level as myself. And I always worry that I sound like, arg, I don't like women, like, blah, 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 you know, they're so manipulative, they're passive-aggressive, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I don't think that's the case, or I know that that's not the case, because I fucking love women, and as I said, I long for these relationships with them. But I think that somehow, maybe between instinctual stuff, like I spoke about, and society, that we've somehow been conditioned that we have to fight. We have to fight. And maybe, because we feel like sometimes we can't fight against the men, we fight and compete with each other because it's the only way that we know how to release some of that tension and that aggression that we aren't able to bring out and express in the way that we want to without essentially being belittled at times. And I also think it's ridiculous to have these standards for men and women because I've met plenty of men who are extremely sensitive, more sensitive than myself. And I've met women who are like myself, who are more quote unquote masculine. And there is a whole spectrum of personalities within genders. And it makes me just so confused as to why this has been my experience. Like, what is it that I am missing? And is there really something going on or is it just me? Because we as women and even men, like we're expected to show up in a certain way, right? Where we can't fully be ourselves. And it makes me wonder, is that part of why? Have we been shamed into some sort of submission that makes us turn against each other? Is all of this again in my own head? I just feel like I see women competing more than I see them banding together. And I see more critiquing more than I see supporting. And I don't know if it's just the people that I have unfortunately surrounded myself with or if this is a pattern that we need to acknowledge so that we can break it because we absolutely should break it because we are fucking amazing. And that brings me back to showing up in a certain way. And if that is sort of a defense mechanism that's been programmed into us or just something that's been programmed into us by the patriarchy to keep us in line. We can't be fighting them if we're fighting each other, right? And I know, I know the patriarchy, but it's impossible to deny the impact that men have had on women and how we behave, especially in public. So is that what I'm seeing? Or is it that I'm just one of those quote-unquote intimidating brand of women. I've been told it before, mostly by men, 
But that's not to say I don't somehow spread it out further. And maybe I'm throwing up a shield I don't even know that I'm putting up, which is altering my perception of the interactions I'm having. That is, besides the obvious bullying, such as the story I brought up earlier about the swings. And let me just say, when I ask these questions, I really want you guys to answer. Hit up those comments, let me know your perspectives. Anchor has an awesome feature where you can send in voice messages, which is an easy way to share how you feel. Or you can head on over to effortletstalk.wordpress.com, where each episode has a post where you can go ahead and comment. Now, getting back on track, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is it's hard to know where you fit in. And I think that that's the case for everyone. And we kind of fall into line with these societal standards so that we can, you know, find our people and be with our people. And automatically, gender is one of the first ways that I feel like we begin connecting with each other and grouping off because... Well, that's how it is in nature. Everything is about procreating, right? So there is the males and there's the females. And there is what they do to procreate and keep the species going. So there's a reason there, right? There's a reason to act like that. But we as humans, haven't we evolved past that? But how much have we really evolved? We find out that there's so much that's based on instinct still, you know, especially when it comes to the relationships between men and women. And now we're bringing to light things like being non-binary, where you don't feel like you fit in with either gender. And that's something that I relate to because I don't feel like I'm a woman, but I'm not a man. And so what am I? You know, what am I? Am I non-binary? I honestly can't even answer that question. I am not even sure. I'm really bad at putting labels on myself. I don't necessarily like doing so. But it's something that I've often thought about because I feel like there's always just been this disconnect from either side for me. There's just been a disconnect that there has to be some explanation for. And I have to imagine that I'm not alone in that. And I know that I'm not alone in that because of the fact that there are other non-binary people. And what is it that makes a masculine personality? Who decided what was masculine? Was it expectations? Is it based on behavior back from caveman days when gender roles were more imperative in serving to keep the species going? And what makes a feminine personality? Did this competition that we have come from needing us to compete to find the best mate? And wasn't that role or isn't that role in nature usually put on the male to choose the mate? Did we even have a say in it? Did we begin a competition to try to beat out and become the top choice for the men to pick from? Like where did this come from? And again, is it something that actually exists or is it something that's just based on my own personal experiences? Do we compete with each other? And why? Again, why? Why when we have such a capability to hold each other up and to embrace each other and to form a community of women that could become so fucking powerful if we just did it? Why don't we do that? And do we do that? Do we do that and it's just somehow not strong enough? Are we still learning to do that? 
are we still navigating in these modern times as we gain more insight, as we gain more rights? Well, that's debatable based on recent politics. Maybe we're still in a point of realization that we can band together and overthrow some of the oppression that we've been feeling for all of these, well, fucking centuries. And then there's men who, despite seemingly have more camaraderie than women, are so aggressive with each other. You know, they get in fights. Some men even look to get in fights. They'll like push other men or they'll like try to push their buttons so that they can get into a fight. So there's also that dynamic there, you know, where it's like, okay, and of course competition still exists greatly with men. And I'm wondering, you know, if it's just us our differences, essentially, and me being unable to see their side because I'm not a man and being confused on my side as a woman. Because in neither scenario am I looking to fight or to compete or to try to be better than somebody else in my area. But then there are other people who don't feel the same and who feel that they need to reach the top no matter what way they get there. And maybe that's what it all comes down to. Of course, it comes down to depending on every individual, you know, whether or not they're the type of person to do that. But I wonder about my own experiences and why so many of my own experiences have revolved around competition or passive language or some sort of bullying where it was clear that their attempt or at least their intent was to make me feel smaller So with all these questions, I decided to bring in my old friend Alex to dissect the topic a little bit further. Welcome, Alex. Hi. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So let's go ahead and hear what her opinions were, you know, about my little, you know, all the questions that I had. And I had a lot, you know what I mean? And I think that it's a topic that needs to be discussed, I guess, a little bit. So let's go ahead and, you know, Alex, tell me. Tell me what you think. Well, um, I kind of, basically my thoughts on the beginning part of what you were talking about, the lobster scenario, um, which I did not know. Yes. Um, be pretty interesting. I was curious if other did that, although I did not have I did bring up, like I said, the wolves, like the females, you know, the alphas will fight to the death, whereas the male will stand down, you know, and be like, okay, you win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, brutal. Yeah. Brutal stuff. Yeah. Um, So women manipulate. It's it, that's like a thing that a lot of people think, mm-hmm. right? They think that women are more manipulative. There's studies on it, um, like psychological studies. But ultimately, what a lot a lot of the research that I've done has indicated that just by nature, and again, this could be learned. This could have been evolved behavior, whatever. Women are just better at decoding expressions and decoding vocal annotations and observing them and kind of working around that. And I think that that's a really interesting thing if you're talking about how women act and how they choose to react to certain scenarios 
whether they be social or internal decision making or whatever. And I thought that that yeah. was kind of an interesting. Thing I mean, it makes up. me curious, though, because I, you know, women better at, you know, reading expressions and annotations like I've always come off like very, you know, like welcoming and like a ride or die or whatever. And of course, I've had, you know, issues, whatever mental health wise that might have affected things. But if they're so good at decoding this, then why, you know what I mean? It brings apart my struggle. Then why am I so isolated? If that wouldn't they be good at decoding my expressions and my annotations? I think that they probably are. That would be my guess. Um, what you choose to do with that information is entirely different though than observing it. You know what I mean? Um, that is, I feel like, in my opinion, and again, just based off of research that I've done, I think that that's just a really big point to make in this whole contemplation of, is it me? Is it you? Is it society? Is it capitalism? Is it learned? Is it, is it, um, and you know, hereditary, whatever. Um, and, but that kind of like falls like, that kind of falls in line too with debating kind of the opposite. Not everybody has those social skills, whether they're a man or a woman, mm -hmm. it's very nature versus nurture. And it's not a universal thing. Not everybody that is a woman or that has a vagina of course. is going to be good at these things. And, and this is, I mean, it's almost common sense. It's emotional intelligence just to know and understand that that's, it's just not a universal thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's obvious, but you know, I think the nature versus nurture thing has so much to do with yeah. it. So do you think like women, you know, nurture wise, are we nurtured to then communicate with each other in a more passive nature? And you brought up the manipulation. Like, do you think that that is a nurture thing based on societal standards? Like this is something that's been carried down. So this has become a learned response or, you know, the nature thing, we bring back up the lobsters and the wolves where it does happen in nature. I think it's both. Um, I definitely think we're taught. Well, we meaning like femmes. Yes. Okay. I was born assigned female gender at birth, but I actually identify as non-binary and we can get it more into that. Yes. Um, like further into the conversation, but. Because that really definitely helps my perspective yes. on the subject and matter. But I should state um, that Alex and I have known each other for like 15 years. Like she was my best friend in high school. Like I've known Alex for a very, very long time. So we both know each other, you know, pretty well, at least on a level of what we were like on our youth. So there is I, that. We've been friends for over 20 yes, years. Yeah. So just to put that out there, you know, the during this conversation, we do also have perspective on each other that could, you know, affect the conversation and affect the opinions and make them differ just a little bit. But anyway, no. mm -hmm. true. We're not strangers yes. by any yes. means. Yeah. Time has done nothing to this yes. relationship <laughs> except for make us more comfortable. Yes. Um, so I, so, so kind of just to, to keep the flow yes. going, um, if you think about men, okay, again, I hate gender normatives. I'm really not I a am fan not of too, them. Yeah. The spectrum is wild and crazy and we haven't even touched the surface, but 
if we're just going to like, just for the sake of linguistics and like be trying to explain this. Yes. Men. Okay. Uh, this is a generalization. Men quote, don't talk about their feelings as openly or as readily or as often as women. This is a perception. This is what seems to be typical in like human um, psychological behavior. Um, I think that they spent, now this is my opinion. I think that they spend a ton of time thinking about their feelings in a deep way. I agree. But it's a matter of them expressing them to women or to other men or to other individuals that's where I think there's a really big difference between a man and a woman and how they choose to communicate their feelings. Men do tend to be a lot more um, selective about when and how they present their emotions and their feelings. And women tend to, you know, have an urge to talk about them more openly. Um, But they, but they do tend to share more with more and deeper feelings with women more often, Yes, you know, again, which that has been an opposite experience for me. And I don't know if you, you know, heard, I brought up that I took me and my husband took a societal standard. It's just like societal standard test. And I got 0% for feminine. And that's Mm. a definitive fucking number to get zero. I got 60% masculine. (laughs) My husband got 45% feminine um, like 60% masculine. So he's casually masculine, but I am typically masculine and zero. That is a definitive number. Like I did not get one. I did not get three. I got zero. So, so by societal standards, I am 0% feminine and the way that I behave and the way that I present myself. And then that brings apart my question. Like, am I able to then, because I have had much more deeper and meaningful conversations with men, myself personally. But then I'm wonder, you know, is that because I've allowed myself to be more open because of the trauma that I have with women? Or is it that it is the societal standard that I somehow am just more masculine naturally and so I'm able to communicate with them more? But that still brings up the point that I am a woman or non bi I'm unsure, I'm unsure, Um, and I still feel isolated from my own gender because I don't understand the communication, but I'm also not a man. So I still don't get that full, you know, male experience like I brought up. So, so I have a question for you then, and I would love to share my two cents on this too, when you're finished answering, um, have you felt that your, um, your capability in terms of emotional communication whether it be with men or women, but maybe especially women, um, do you feel like it has changed and evolved as you have grown and developed as a person? You know, your brain stops growing at a certain age, so on and so forth. Like, do you feel like that has changed or evolved for you? It has evolved for me where I feel more open. The problem is that I feel like I open myself to women and more often than not, I am met with a look of disdain or some sort of passive language that suggests that I am not somehow meeting their standards. Like you're being judged. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you feel like you're more open now with women than you were, but you feel like just as vulnerable and judged 
Yes. As you did when you were younger, when you do open up like that. Yes, and then when I open up to men, I usually am able to end up having, like, a conversation where I don't feel, like, because, again, the masculine versus feminine in the ways that we communicate, um, they are more straightforward. What they they say what they mean, you know, there isn't. It, and that is something I also, though, of course, am on that. I have Asperger's now. Of course, it's autism spectrum disorder. I'm like on the very edge of it. But so I function mm-hmm. a lot better, though, also with the straightforward. To- like I can't work with um, decoding some sort of messages that are being said. I just find it extremely, extremely difficult. I'm like, I need you to tell me directly what your meaning yeah. is, and I find that when it comes to women, that that's not usually what I get. Yeah, you know that kind of tracks for you. Um, I feel like I'm really good at decoding, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've been decoding you. My yes, entire you're life, different. Where you. yeah, yeah, where you but, actually are able. But I can see. But I can also see. I can like literally see the struggle on your face and in your body language over time at what, like when we've been in social situations together, which it's been a minute, but like I have memories, yes. you know, of like all of those things happening. And when we were younger, I definitely struggled understanding that you were struggling with mm-hmm. that. Like I just didn't understand, but we were younger and we were like, honestly, seriously, like teenagers. Stupid. Like that's how young we were. We were so, teenagers. Yeah. We were, uh, yeah. And, um, But now with my more mature brain, I definitely understand and can observe that in retrospect. And I think that's really interesting. Um, Something that I feel as I have gotten older is that I tend to share less often um, and not very readily with women. And I share a lot more with men which is interesting for me because that was not how I was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do have a lot more, like my core friend group, which is a much smaller than of it course, used to be anyways, yeah. is, is mostly men. Mine as well. Like cis, Mine too. cis men. I have some friends that I'm super close with that are girls. Um, I do feel like I'm tiptoeing around them sometimes, trying not to hurt their feelings. I am known to be kind of a brutally honest person. I try to be gentle now that I've learned that I can be hurtful towards people when I don't mean Mm -hmm. to be. But, um, you know, the guys, I think they just have a thicker skin for that, which is interesting. Um, But, yeah, I do... I do tend to share more with men now, my, my close male friends. Um, I mean, my two best friends that I see every day are both mm-hmm. men. And then I am partnered with um, a cis male um, right now. Um, but another observation that I have about those um, occasions where I'm sharing with them is that I usually offer them a more abbreviated version of my feelings, my deeper feelings. Yes. And it's it's just like kind of like a more thought out. It's not like it's practiced. Mm-hmm. It's just that I have like a shorter story to tell them rather than piecing it together and picking, uh, you know, like nitpicking the entire thing. But when I'm with my women friends and I have to share something of similar significance, I share it in a completely different manner. It's really interesting. Well, I think men too, men communicate better in simplicity. 
And so when you add a bunch of extra facts or whatever, you can end up losing them. And there's also, of course, been studies that men listen less to the female voice, the tone of our voice. Like they they just listen less. Mm -hmm. They tune us out Mm -hmm. more. So at least from female, you know, if you're female presenting or whatever else, you know, you still have that voice, which still apparently scientifically is proven that men listen less to women it's just something i nature whatever society (laughs) i don't know what the fuck that is but that's just (laughs) yeah that's just the case but men work better in simplicity and facts and i also work better in that like when i hear stories and it's like going on Mm -hmm. and on i'm like i want the facts i would like the facts to get to the story you know i want the facts which again brings back to the wondering you know the zero percent feminine you know functioning like masculine in the way that i socialize I actually have that point kind of in my notes, not so much the the psychological connection between male listening skills uh, and motivations and the feminine voice. But I think I did. I do contemplate the reason behind the difference in styles of sharing between men versus women in my experience. And I think part of it is because I want them to keep listening. So I need to format it for them so that I can keep them interested yes exactly (laughs) on the other end you know when I'm being the listener and it doesn't matter who I'm listening to in terms of their their gender identity um or age or race or what have you you know if someone is is going on and on if I'm not particularly invested in that person's um cause of explanation, or I have already determined through my skills of decoding, if I find that what they're talking about is like, I've already solved the problem for them in my head. I kind of pretend to listen. I do the same (laughs) thing. Yes, I do the same thing. But I just try to encourage and I don't try to like fix the problem for them. I think I've just kind of like already done the math and I'm like, just trying to be a good listener. And that that's kind of a little off topic, but it is something that I've noticed about myself. Kind of, uh, This is a great segue. So basically, at least yes. I think it's a good segue. Um, so I contemplate whether or not men are less apt to talk about feelings due to just generations of society casting men as being emotionally weak if they do. This is a little bit of low-hanging fruit in terms of like bringing it up. It's, just, it's an easy it reason know to like conclude why men and women communicate differently it's also extremely plausible you know and I think it's there's a lot of truth to that um again not a universal thing for everyone in the world but I do think that it makes a lot of sense um and then for women versus women, why women wouldn't get along with women could have a lot to do with just inherent sexual jealousy. Yes. Again, kind of an easy explanation, but I think it does make a lot of sense. It's hard to unlearn things that are really ingrained in social behavior. Um, I didn't have time to do research to see what, you know, more matriarchal societies are like in terms of this type of behavior um it's a little bit harder to find that kind of information just because yeah more um secluded like 
cultural societies are they're just hard it's just harder to to find that kind it of is. information it is you know? But it would be interesting it, to know it that. Would it would be, be interesting really interesting to know that. It would. Because I think, you know, and then it makes me wonder, like I brought up before, you know, and how you're saying sexual ge- or gender, sex, jealousy. Um, you know, like I brought up how do women compete with each other because we feel like we have no chance in competing with men, you know, because they hold already so much power, like socially more than socially but you know like is that like something is that a part of that learned behavior like okay you know we can't fight against who we want to fight against and so it seems when we compete with each other we're at least in some way able to insert ourselves into their world like projection yeah kind of yeah um yeah i mean i'm i'm sure that has to do with that i mean uh emotional affection is almost some of the time more valuable than like physical sexual you know attention mm-hmm. um i think in terms of social structure it's more valuable um cuz no one knows if you've had sex with someone until you unless you tell them you know yeah. or they were or there get caught you. or you get caught you know or you get caught whatever yeah <laughs> yeah like, unless there's like some sort of physical representation or or whatever you don't know who's banging who or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, yeah, emotional affection plays a big role in terms of people, which I think nobody doesn't crave emotional affection. It's just Mm -hmm. part of existence. Animals do it. You know, people do it. We are animals. It's a thing. Um, And wanting to be accepted because we're social creatures is a thing. Um that creates a lot of competition between Mm -hmm. women because women really crave emotional affection big time. It's a lot about acceptance. Yeah. And it makes me wonder though, like, you know, too, we're human beings. So shouldn't we be more evolved? Like it's a little bit of shame. Like, yes, we want social acceptance. Do we translate that into competing with each other as opposed to banding together? I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, you and I are going to be, when you and I are older um, than we are now, maybe like way older, you know, like 80, and your son is our age, we'll see where the world has evolved, at least, you know, our world that we live in has evolved to socially, because there's a lot changing. Um, A lot of people are fighting for, you know, fighting for the social norm to be not the norm that we've lived in for a long time, especially in terms of gender and sexuality. Um, And I think that that brings a lot of opportunity to the table for change. Mm -hmm. I I agree. I agree. I really agree. I think it does. I think that us, we're finally starting to step out of these societal norms and these expectations and these stereotypes for gender. Yeah. And I know that we're talking a lot about stereotypes, but I just to plead for myself here, I'm trying to do that in order to just create a good way to communicate the whole concept of it. I don't believe in gender like yes. norms. I just I don't. agree. But again, for, I am the same way. I don't have yes. the terminology in my in my vocab to like find the words 
other than men and women and so on and so forth. So I apologize. The general, I'm the exact same way where it's like, it's just easy to use the stereotypes and it's also easy to use the stereotypes as example. And they're stereotypes for a reason because someone at some point decided to make this stereotype and allow it to spread around. So, I mean, it is worth, in my opinion, exploring these stereotypes because you know, they're not all entirely true. And I think that a lot of them have been made to quote unquote, put us in our places as different genders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I literally answered some of your hypothetical questions and these are my answers. They're so, they're super silly, but and they're short. No, well, whatever, do it. Yes. Your question, one of your hypotheticals was, are these your experiences? And my answer is yes. (laughs) And and another question that you posed kind of, again, hypothetically towards yourself was like, am I non-binary? Does this make me non-binary? And my answer to that is kind of like, no, LOL, because it doesn't necessarily like your social stance, like your social existence does not define your gender identity. Yes, that's different. So but then it does affect my identity of myself. Do you know what I mean? Where I don't feel as feminine or I don't feel that I am necessarily, you know, female in that point but I do I hear what you're saying where you're saying that so and I wonder for myself you know has these thoughts and are these expectations have they come into play just because of social situations yeah yeah and I get that mm-hmm. um and then the last one that I hypothetical for you that I answered was you're like is it me and my answer is no lol it's not just you and you are not the problem <laughs> It is. Wait, wait, which one was it? Because the first one you said, is it me? The second was, is it me to which Oh, no, part? the first one was, are these your experiences? And oh, yes, the, that's the la- right. The last one is, is it me? As if, is it are, you? are you posing the problem here? And the answer mm-hmm. is definitely not. No, definitely not. Um, you can just be you. And just because you don't feel like you have a label for where you fall on some sort of gender spectrum does not mean that you are not you. It just means that you don't have a word for that. And maybe you don't need a word, but if you want a word. See, and I don't like labels. And that's the thing is I, I don't like labels. Like I don't want a word, you know, like I I say, I use bisexual because that's the word that I choose. I'm maybe I'm pan. Maybe I'm demo. There's just all these words. I like bisexual. That's the one I'm keeping, but I don't even care for that label. I am an equal opportunity love. You know, obviously I'm very happily married, so that's not a concern. But for my, in terms of my sexuality, um, first of all, personal connection is huge, 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 which makes me think demisexual. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you know, there's just so many different, when there's so many different labels that I just personally, I'm like, I don't like those for myself. Mm-hmm. I, so this is a, a kind of a sidestep and I didn't write this down, but I do want to bring it up because I think it's kind of interesting. It's an interesting thought to piggyback on what you just said in terms of, mm-hmm. um, um, sexuality. So recently when I came out to a family member, a family member that, you know, and we'll talk about who that I'm is, sure. but to protect <laughs> yes. privacy. Um, so this 
person that is in my family is um, part of the the later boomer generation, um, but is also like a very socially liberal person. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I came out as non-binary and I was explaining what that means to me um, and what that ultimately just means in general, uh, they had a hard time understanding it and that's fine. And they expressed that they were, you know, I, I guess that they were trying to just tell me what their identity would be. And I was happy to listen, which was straight cis male. Yes. And I said, okay. And then in, in trying to help them understand if they were saying what they meant, I posed for them a scenario where maybe they're dating someone, maybe they, you know, they meet them online um, and they appear femme and for all intents and purposes, you know, this person thinks that the other individual is a woman. Okay. Like born and woman and has all the parts and all the things. And then as their relationship progresses, uh, you know, they start opening sexual doors and um, exploring that aspect of their relationship. And then what if you come to find that this person has a body part that you did not expect them to have, perhaps a penis instead of a vagina? Mm -hmm. And you weren't expecting that. But at this point, you've been seeing them for long enough that you have deep feelings. You think that you love them. Maybe you know that you love them and you've shared those words together. What do you do now? Are you, do you decide that you can't or don't want to be with this person anymore and you're just going to back out or press forward in the relationship because you do have real feelings for this person. And this person in my family, the answer to that scenario for them was, I would not be able to be with that person and I would back out. And I was I'm not surprised based on what you're saying. I was like, Like, damn, that is deep. And that is, in my opinion, that's terrible. I agree. I agree. Love all the wrong ways. And if, if, if all you need is a vagina, then you're not looking for love and you're not finding it in the right ways. And I just thought that that was really I mean, for me, that was, like, not a a scary conversation, but... But um, does that take away from sexual preference? Like, their sexual preference could be, obviously, that they want a vagina. Like, that's what they are sexually attracted to. Therefore, they cannot have sex with that person because they are no longer sexually attracted to them. Yeah. there is that case to make as well, like... For instance, this doesn't sound great for myself or whatever. I have never found ginger redheaded people attractive. I just don't. I don't. I Not don't find them attractive. Not one single one ever. Not one single one ever. And that's just me, and that's my preference. And so, no matter how they were as a person, I might struggle with finding them physically attractive enough to sleep with that person. But that being said, I am also, like I said, I have different labels for myself, and I'm very. Um, like it is very emotional connection, but if I'm not physically attracted to that person and I don't want to have sex with them, sex is a huge part, right? Yes. Of a relationship. It is a huge part of a relationship. Right. And you don't want to yuck on someone's yum. You don't want to tell someone yes. and it can't be attracted to. And I get exactly. that. But I also have to, I don't know. There's something in my, 
in my existence that tells me that anyone can be attracted to anything if they not try hard enough, but like more so if they're open to it. It's like closing your eyes and feeling instead of, you know, seeing what you want to see. Yeah, and I do understand and I agree that it is closing yourself off to the opportunity of finding love. I do agree with that. Or just but finding I just sex, wanted... like true sexual satisfaction. It exactly. doesn't always have to be love. Exactly. But I, of course, had to be the devil ad- the devil's advocate First, there where true. I was like, yeah. yeah, well, what if, you know, of course, got to be that to like yeah. bring up that conversation. So, yeah, well, I know. just thought that that was an, uh, a really interesting, <laughs> real ass conversation that I had with someone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is so. a really a real ass conversation to have with someone. I it can't is. lie. I was disappointed at their answer and I, yes. I want more for them. But at the same time. You know, there's, I, I can't change someone like I'm, and I don't, exactly. I don't need to change anyone per se. I, right? would, I would just love for people to hear my take on it. And what I hope is me speaking for a lot of other people as well. Cause I know yes. that I'm not the only one that feels that way. So exactly, exactly. You are not. It's true. And that was the point of also this conversation, this podcast is me being like, I can't be the only one that feels this way. I can't be the only one that feels isolated from their gender, male or female, you know, like I can't be the only person experiencing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of something else that I wanted to talk about is um, where I stand in terms of who I choose to surround myself with. And I already touched on some of this. You know, I mentioned that my two best friends that I see every day are both dudes. Um, one is straight. The other one is identifies as pansexual, um, but they are both cis men. Um, I found that um, when I'm at work, I am actually surrounded a lot more by women. I work, I have two jobs. I work a, as a farmer, um, on an organic farm. And then I also work for a local independent organic like grocer and I'm, I'm like produce focused there. I have almost always had direct supervisors that are women and almost all female teams. And Me I, actually too. Do, I actually do really, really well in a work setting with women i do fucking terrible <laughs> fucking <laughs> terrible like i'm like hey man you want like bond or whatever and instead i just end up making friends with all the dudes that work at that place yeah. i have the complete opposite opposite ass experience <laughs> you know there's something about work that just like changes social stuff for me i I bond with women, but I don't overshare. I'll, I'll get in some deep conversations and like get close with people, but I'm selective about who I get close to. Mostly that's just- Yeah, like you're at work, right? Degree. You're yeah. at work, so yeah. Um, and if they want to go off on a tangent, I just try to be a good listener. But um, at work, for some reason, I'm, I work well with women, but when I'm working with guys, there is this like crazy flirtatious, like sexual monster that comes out of me. And I have a tendency to like, I have had like tons of work crushes. I love flirting with the men that I work with. I think that the men that I work with are attracted to me because of my style of physical workmanship. Mm -hmm. And 
I, there's just like a, an attraction thing that ends up happening. Yeah, that's Got really me in interesting. Once or twice in my life, but um, but you know, I've kind of sworn off of sexual relationships in terms of work. But but uh, but for some reason, I really like to flirt at work. Um, and that's just an interesting thing about me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why it's like that. But in my personal life, I mostly hang out with guys. I've mentioned that a few times. Um, I was at this, uh, I got invited to this like small gathering of people for, um, a birthday recently, not my birthday, but someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know who was going to show up. I just kind of knew that my one friend had invited me. She's one of my closest, um, like femme friends. Um, they identify as they, them, he very gender queer, but for all intents and purposes, I'm going to use yes. the, I'm going to use they, them pronouns for this person. Anyway, so I get invited. It's their roommate's birthday party. And it's very small, maybe like 10 people. Um, We're all sitting down at like our potluck dinner. And it's kind of a quiet setting. There's not music playing or anything like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, quiet vibes. That's fine. Wasn't trying to rage tonight. Yeah. And then one of the women at the table um, who happens to be queer um, and is a very like introspective person decided to like have a gratitude circle <laughs> kind of oh my like, god we all go around a circle and like just be really grateful and like say something about that and i was like in my mind i was like oh my god i came to the wrong fucking party because this is not my vibe right this is not, not my vibe <laughs> this is not a feeling circle that i knew i was going to be a part of tonight and i am not I do not want to have this fucking conversation. <laughs> yeah. So in general, that's just like not where I find myself landing. And that's a way that I really have a hard time correlating with like deep feminine feelings. People at this point in my life, it's just it's yes. my vibe. I went along and like I, I participated, but it was, I just thought it was interesting that I was having a really hard time. You were uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) You were uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, The rest of the night was fine. But yeah, just that whole like, let's share. And I was like, what if I I have a boundary and I don't want to share? Is that fucking okay? But how do I communicate that to you without hurting your fucking feelings? Exactly. Without hurting your feelings. And again, that brings back the masculine versus feminine ways of communicating where I feel like it would be easier to tell a guy to be like, man, I just don't want to do this. I feel and like a man get would less use humor to get out of that situation. Oh, I agree. Like I awkward agree. humor, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. That's yeah. true. You make a good point. Yes. Yeah. I could definitely see that being a very yes. good way of getting out of it. But like as someone who presents feminine, I felt like if I did something like that, I would come off as rude. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's the, I feel you exactly. Exactly. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Another thing I struggle with, um, that I can definitely relate to you. You made some points on this, um, in like the whole preparation for this conversation was that you mentioned being labeled as an intimidating woman. Mm-hmm. I, think that that's a very interesting point to bring up. And I think a lot of people have that problem, whether they're being the intimidator or being intimidated. I can, Mm -hmm. I I am a both kind of person. Mm -hmm. 
I can definitely see how you could could come off as intimidating, although you don't intimidate me. Well, you knew me when I was like a babe and coming into myself. Well, you know what I, I mean. Knew you, so when we were in middle school. I thought you were intimidating before we were That's, friends. Okay, so I guess I did have it a little bit back then. <laughs> had a little bit back then. That was because in middle school is when I came out of my like I decided. I was being bullied so much and everything. I came out with that whole fuck you attitude. Like, fuck you, motherfuckers. I'll come for you. Yeah. So that's when, you know, that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you went through a lot and that's where you ended up having to be. And that's like totally fine. Yes. Um, But yeah, being being labeled as like an intimidating, like femme presenting person kind of sucks it like hurts it hurts my feelings even though I know that's not like the intention no one wants to hurt my feelings but um it is how it makes me feel and so I've actually done a lot of deep work in the past few years to try to like stop presenting myself that way but the thing why do you think that you find it why do you think that you find it offensive to be called an intimidating woman good question because I want to be I want to perceive myself as being like a nice person. But can't you be, I consider myself a nice person as well. So can't you be um, a nice person and also be intimidating? Why limit yourself to, yeah. Why limit yourself to, you know, one or the other? I mean, that's a really fair point. Um, A lot of the deep work that I've done with my therapist is, um, you know, without like gluing myself, like marrying myself to this idea, whether I'm a nice person or a not nice person, the exploration has really been, well, what if you're both and why can't you be both? Mm -hmm. And that's fair. And, you know, working on my self identification of who I am and it's not necessarily about presentation. It's, it's more about like who I am. I don't mind presenting as an intimidating person, Mm-hmm. because I'm a very I'm actually a very guarded person and that's why I am intimidating it's because I'm actually that's so a- funny to me it's because to me I'm like you're not guarded at all what the fuck are you talking about well, like see, for that's me the, yeah that's the, that's the thing is that as I've as I've gotten older uh I I definitely am a more guarded person um I'm a much more introverted person I'm only I am only my extroverted self when I really get to know you or if I feel comfortable that is a mood that is a mood the it's it's really I've really changed in terms of that type of behavior um so yeah the intimidation is just a guard if I don't say hi to you but I accidentally make eye contact with you and I don't say hi it's because I feel uncomfortable saying hello because I'm shy as fuck Yes. But I have resting bitch face. And it's I do too. And I do too. (laughs) But the thing is, is that like I just get tongue tied and I I have the hardest time saying hello first to people. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when I do, I'm like word vomit. I just I'm I'm a really shy person and I have a lot of social anxiety and that's something that I've come to realize about myself. Yeah, I have a lot of social anxiety. Well, I have a lot of social I have so- anxiety in general. We've talked in a few of my episodes. My diagnoses are now paranoid personality disorder, panic disorder, um, and depression. So yeah, yeah. But the paranoid personality disorder is them finally figuring that out. Is what got me on the right meds. So well, that's good news. Yes. Yes. Um. 
Yeah, I feel like this is straying a little bit away from like the whole gender thing, but even still, it yeah. kind of it, it seems to. We're here for the conversations for yeah. authentic, raw, wherever it goes. That is the point of all of this. And I still think we, that we have explored, like every little bit still explores a little bit about gender. But go if there were more points that you wanted to bring up. I mean, most, I mean, kind of like the finishing point on what I just said about me, like realizing in myself that I'm actually more of an introverted person. Um, I think that, that I, 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 I guess I've pondered would I be more of an introverted person as an adult if I hadn't had gotten bullied a lot as a kid? And I know that you got bullied too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was like a psycho little kid and I don't mean psycho mean, I mean, high energy, loud as as fuck, friendly as hell, very social, not that I had a lot of friends, but the thing is I didn't have a lot of friends because I was like too much for other kids to deal with. So I think that part of the reason why I've kind of like wrapped a lot of that up and like balled it up and like I hide it now is because just feelings of fear of rejection, you know, not wanting for people to be put off by my high energy, which is probably why I don't present it to people until I feel comfortable at this point. That makes sense. Which kind of sucks, but at the same time, I'm not, yeah. I ain't mad at it. I don't mind guarding myself because yeah. I like being, I like my privacy, I've realized. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely do too. But I've always been a little guard. I've always been guarded to some extent, so. Yeah, you have. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think kind of like my final notes, okay. which I kind of already mentioned, are that I don't think gender is a thing. I think meshing gender is a great way, in my opinion, to kind of bosh societal gender gender social norms. And that's just how I would love to see the world exist at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fuck this women versus women thing. I agree. I would really love to see the world exist the same way. And yes, I totally agree. And as a mom, the whole, like I was talking about the competition that other moms have with other moms, it is ridiculous. We should be banding together because being a mom is fucking hard. So why don't we just stand together no matter how you parent, if it's different, you know, don't be passive, don't be judgmental. Let's open ourselves up. Yeah, agreed. And I don't have children and I don't have a plan to have children, Um, but... I don't shit on other people for having kids, especially when they're doing it mm-hmm. responsibly. I do have a huge problem with people not being responsible I parents, but that's a whole other yes, subject. And I mean responsible as in like mistreatment, neglect, yes. that kind of stuff. Like we're talking like the heavy hitter shit, not like, oh, I'm a mess. No, I'm like, yeah. be a mess. That's fine. Being a parent is probably way harder than I'll ever understand. Um, yeah, that definitely is an entirely huge topic on its own, which would take up another like hour probably. So 10 hours. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for sharing with me and having this conversation with me. It was awesome. And I'm so glad that we got to explore these things together. Yeah. Thank you, Christine. This has been super awesome. And I know that you and I could go back and forth on this kind of stuff for an eternity. So thank you for giving me this small amount of time to chat with you. Fuck It Let's Talk is available on pretty much all your podcasting platforms. 
For a link to them all, visit anchor.fm backslash talk, where you can also leave comments about episodes and answer questions I might have for my viewers. For other links, visit me at at Let's Talk podcast on Instagram, where you can find links for Patreon and our new Etsy store. As always, thank you for listening. Fuck it. Let's keep talking. <laughs> <laughs>